Hey guys, welcome to Classic Sundays. I'm here with Lena and Chantel. Keisha unfortunately couldn't make it again this week, but this week we watched uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. It was Chantel's pick, and the movie is basically based off of Truman Capote's novel. Um, it's a story about a young woman in New York City who meets a young man when he moves into her apartment building. Um, he is with an older woman who is very wealthy and married, but he wants to be a writer. And she, Audrey Hepburn, um, is a working and expensive escort in search of a rich old man to marry. So it was definitely interesting. So hope you, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And here we go. And Chantel, you did pick the movie. So go right in. I did. So I picked this movie because of all the hype around it. Um, you you see a lot of like breakfast at Tiffany's like themed things, mm-hmm. etc. And I just hadn't watched the movie before, and I like Audrey Hepburn, so I was like, it's it's about time. Um, so I was really hyped to see what this movie was about, and um, you like just what the hype was about, essentially. Yeah, and <laughs> obviously her iconic dress. Um, but I wasn't as impressed with this one as other movies that she's been in. I don't know how you guys felt about it. I'm happy you said that because I felt the same way. I feel like I felt like she did the role justice. Like she has this incredibly elegant way of playing a role. Um, but I just didn't get the hype of the movie. I was not enchanted I wasn't enchanted. I, I yeah, I wasn't yeah. enchanted with like, the movie. Like how Chantel was like starting with like everyone always talks so well about it. There's so many themed like parties, especially engagement parties for breakfast at Tiffany's, and everyone wears black dresses and pearls and stuff. But like, I never actually fully watched the movie. I watched like clips, and when I was watching this movie, I truly was just like, I was disappointed. I mean, the hype and how much notoriety she gets for this movie. It, it just it, it kind of fell short for me and I don't know can I just say that that iconic gorgeous black dress deserved way more than just one time yeah actually um because I just finished watching her uh documentary on Netflix that they just released and that black dress um actually was supposed to have a huge bow but she said that it took away from the dress and it had the designer remove it. So she actually um, basically made that dress iconic by the way that she stood up for herself. So I started, I didn't finish that yet, but I did start watching that same documentary Ooh, on Netflix good, good. as well. Mind you, mind you, that dress was designed by Hubert de Givenchy. Mm-hmm. And she told him. But she was her mu- his muse, though. They like met, they yeah. were friends. They were friends. I think their friendship actually started by her asking him to be the designer for the costumes for this movie, if I remember correctly. And this was his first time ever designing for movies, so he wasn't 100% sure if he wanted to do it or not. Then it got. But if you noticed, and I'll touch upon it in fun facts later, but if you noticed, that black dress got quite a bit of screen time um she it wasn't the same black dress it was a different oh, one was no, it she had, like, a different one? she had two two black dresses it was the one that was the long one 
that she would wear out to like fancy things but then she had a short black dress and that one she wore almost every like every time she wore something she just changed the accessories so um it was two separate black dresses because one was super long and one was shorter but um yeah the one that was shorter she wore like the whole entire movie basically she was very young too Mm -hmm. like the character was very young wasn't she was like like eight like 19 or something 18 or 19 i think she was like well, she you got know, married she to that, um, like, Texas guy at 14. So I feel like she's, like, either 16. Like, she has to be between 17 to 19. Because... She was 18 and 19. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there You're you old. go. That's right, yeah. Because she got married at 14, and that's, like, we're going to try to do this chronologically through the movie, but I have, oof, that was, uh, I, I have things to say about that, but, yeah. Um... And then the whole nice guy, when she first got back home and he was waiting for her, and he's like, I did this for you, and I did that for you, and I was super nice to all your friends that I even never met, and I paid the bill, and he was expecting something from her, and I was just like, yeah, this is why, like... Men feel entitled to women? Yeah, just because you're nice (laughs) does not mean that you're entitled to anything. Like, you chose to be nice to me. I don't owe you anything for your niceness. (laughs) Well, that was just actually exactly mm-hmm. her reaction. Yep. And then she went and hit, like, uh, when she met Paul um, and then, like, climbed up and then she was basically like, caught him in the act of, like, well, not in the act, but she was already leaving. I was just like, ooh. Like, they're both, like, pa- basically escorts. And I, I thought that was very interesting that they could connect that way. Can I just say, though, I thought it was rather unusual and almost progressive of the movie to have Paul's character be essentially what was he a sugar baby or yeah yes I mean because he wasn't so much an escort because he went further um he was kept and I I just I thought it was very interesting for the time period that it's set in and also that it's shot in for this movie to have a man because actually um because usually it was women not the, men. the book yeah. that this was based off of actually um they added it specifically for the movie um so that he can have like um a reason to talk to her basically um because they have like something to connect with but actually in the book um he wasn't it, he wasn't a cat man that they just added that for the movie purpose so I thought that was pretty interesting that they did that as well. In the book, also, uh, Holly was by. Oh, she was. Yeah. Oh, okay. They cut oh, out really? some of that, like the scene, you know, like the the scenes that were from the book in the movie. Um, that was one. I I don't have that as part of my fun facts, but that was one that I saw while reading them, yeah. like trying to find some fun facts. But yeah. But so I... like that later scene when they go to like the. I don't know. Is it a strip club? A burlesque show. Burlesque. Oh, burlesque. Bur- yeah, burlesque. Yeah. Then that you can see hints of it, but the book has her as a bi female. Yeah, like I agree with um because uh, Lena made the remark that this was like a definitely an interesting movie for Audrey because like I've never seen her in like a because this was supposed to be for um Marilyn Monroe they wanted her but she couldn't do it so they had Audrey do it and um. I could see Marilyn Monroe being in this movie. It definitely is like almost written for what she always portrayed in movies. So I felt like this was definitely something that 
I never saw Audrey in. So maybe that's probably why it's like so iconic for her. But um, yeah, it was interesting. Can I just add, can I just say though that I feel like Audrey did gave the character of Holly more dimension than I think Marilyn would have done. For sure. I agree with that. Because Audrey as a person was incredibly complex. And I, she had this way of bringing these characters that would almost have been two-dimensional and making and fleshing them out and giving them this complexity of life. And I remember watching the end of the ending scene in the mm-hmm. taxi. Mm-hmm. Um, hated her yeah. for a little bit there. Hated her character there. Oh, yes. Especially with the cat. Mm, let me tell you. <laughs> but, we'll get to like, that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But like you could really tell the character of Audrey and Paul figured it or the character of Holly and Paul figured it out really quickly you know how scared she really was and how she was hiding the fact that she was scared but um yeah I feel like I feel like Marilyn would have been good in the role but I feel like Audrey gave Holly no I definitely agree with that because like almost the when I watched it, I was like, yes, definitely Marilyn Monroe fit the, the like, what the was written. Part. Yeah, but, like, how you were saying, like, Audrey gave, like, the role, like, I don't know, I don't want to say class, but it gave um Holly more of, like, a, yeah, complexity. complexity. Like, she, she pretends to be dim-witted, but actually she knows what she's doing and what's going on around her, but she wants people to think that, like, because I know her um agent that, like, found her, it, she always call her like a fake like a phony basically but I think she did it for a reason because she wanted people to assume that she was stupid so that she can almost have an edge over people at least that's what like how I pers- like like saw um, her character he called her a phony yeah. but a real phony meaning you could probably tell that he knew that she yes. was faking and then her okay, well, when we met um, the thing in that party in her apartment um dude that drunk girl in the mirror i'm not joking when i have a video on my phone from snapchat of me at chantelle's house at a party with me like talking to myself in a mirror <laughs> like i'm like recording <laughs> myself and i'm talking to myself in the mirror and i'm like that woman is me after a couple shots of tequila <laughs> i was like yes <laughs> but I, I yeah that was i thought that was a little um... i i love that the party scene and just the all the chaos i love there was one line that i really liked well two lines i really liked in the party uh where she holly comments about Paul that she, she says he's already got a decorator I'm his agent yeah I saw <laughs> I'm that like, yeah, oh? yeah. Oh? <laughs> and then and then when she yelled timber <laughs> the poor girl's face yeah. smashed the ground man I I that's like a party I would love I feel to like have that's like I, those are the parties that you see in movies and you're like I want to be involved in this chaos because she knew like she saw everything that was going on around her but she somehow controlled everything because like when the cops came like she she already knew that the cops were called and she already had herself and the supposedly rich man um out the door already like oh i'm not part of this party but it's upstairs you know like go go do it in my apartment but (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and she wouldn't even have said it was her apartment. She would have just said on uh, an apartment. Yeah. She, said she just pointed up. She was just like, oh, over there. <laughs> like, I, I thought that was very, definitely showed her that she was smart and was in control of everything. And then the next scene basically was her husband um, coming out of like the woodworks. Was Polly, like was her like Ella May or something? What her real name was or something like that? Polly, like I don't know her. It was some type of country name. And when he sees her, he basically sweeps her up off her feet and like slams the door shut. And I'm like, you ran away from this man, but he's just gonna whoosh you into the bedroom? Like what? <laughs> I was very like okay. And then you're 14 on top of that. Like I understand why she ran away, sir. Like a 14 year old taking care of like two or three of your kids and her brother like no and then you're gonna just come out of nowhere and just want to sleep with her and make her come home with you I don't know I didn't I did not like her husband I felt like I I wasn't a fan of him at all and I I know in the movie that they said that um the marriage had been annulled um which you know annulled based on what age anyway um I felt like he was very much in love with her, but in love with a herd that existed before she went to New York. And she like very quickly picked up on that because you can, you saw that in the train station with her essentially telling him that. And then he was kind of guilting her into coming back based on like her brother coming back. And he's like, well, if you don't come back, I'm just going to tell him to like enlist longer or whatever. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Don't ever look up age of consent laws in some states. Well, my, I think my, one of my aunts got married at 16, but she, I mean, she's still married in a loving relationship, but like, ugh. usually you need parental, for most states, you yeah. need parental permission in order to marry yeah. under the age of 18. Because I've heard of some Ukrainian girls also marrying as young as 16, but they had parental no, permission. But, um, yeah, I feel like 14 was... That's just, like, my sister's age. Period. Like, that's, that's if, like, Boydia got married right now. Like, that's not... Like, it just makes me sick. But, I mean, at the same time, when I was 14, I thought I was hot shit, and I knew what I was doing and all that. So, like, I guess when you're... I don't know. When you're older and you look at it, you're like, oh, my God, there's still a child. But when you're at that age, you also feel like you're an adult. So... Yeah, you're longing for independence. I don't know. Yeah. I never did. So, but, um, I, I like the storyline of how, as he started to get to know her more, Paul got to know Polly more, um, that she just started becoming like the inspiration for his writing. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. I feel yeah. like it kind of came out of nowhere though. They started like dating or they went on dates, they were holding hands, they were, they were doing stuff. And I, I felt like, like that it, was just kind of like, see, I've got the opposite really? feeling it was a natural progression hmm. in their relationship. Like you could tell that he thought she was good looking and nice from the beginning. Um, but he wasn't quite sure what to make of her until a little bit later on. Very extrovert. She's very much so an extra extrovert. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what to do with yes. it yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he really wasn't sure what the heck to make out of her at all at first. And then it felt like a natural progression with their relationship. Like, yeah, they started off as neighbors, kind of sort of friends. He rescued her. She rescued him. She invited him to party. 
they had fun together and then it just I guess. progressed from there. Yeah, I, I think that their dating and stuff was just like very, I didn't feel like it was very serious, but I agree with you as far as it, if it felt right in the progression of their like, whatever their relationship was. I just, I didn't feel like they, yeah, I didn't feel like the romance was there. So maybe that's when just like, oh, it came out of nowhere type of stuff. So, but that's just me. Um, but no. Yeah, I don't think they, they weren't very, they weren't very romantic. Yeah. It, it was more of like Holly no. treated the relationship as friends and then turned into more of like a best friends, like best friends going and hanging out type thing. And then, um, and then you could notice that like Paul was starting to, you know, have more feelings towards her. And she, I, she was still like undecided. But so it was just kind of like a, almost like a friend zone type thing, but I, I don't that know. It, was, it, it felt right. It's just, you could tell he had more feelings within that dating than like she did. She still was very undecided, didn't know what to do with herself, still dating around, still looking for rich men to marry and take her off her, sweep her off her feet. Yeah. Cause like he got, he started getting angry when she mentioned like she was going to marry the, the guy that she left the party with. And then, he was just like that's the kind of like he started getting like annoyed with her and then when yeah he's like dude i thought we had like i thought we had something going on here and then what is it called um he comes back the next day and finds out that he actually got married and she's just like oh like i was joking like i knew that he was poor and all this stuff so it's like i'm not gonna go for him and so he was just like well i'm sorry about that and then then she bounces over to the italian guy which or no he was brazilian sorry Brazilian. Brazilian guy but the Brazilian guy felt yeah. something was off because he never wanted to be like it was almost like he didn't want to be seen in public with her and he didn't want to get like his name out there and when they were flying because she was supposed to be flying to Brazil and she was learning um Portuguese for like they were gonna fly separate he was gonna come later like I just I don't know it felt it felt fishy to me and I don't know like I would have thought that she would have at least I don't know I didn't I didn't like it. it it didn't seem it seemed I had too many red flags when it came to that it seemed a little out of place too yeah I mean like not I mean like for her character yeah. and like I understand you know how she was just not necessarily the smartest in picking all of her relationships with older men and all that but it, it did feel a little like almost forced towards the end I don't know maybe it was just me did you guys notice, like, is it me? But I feel like back in the day, like, 40s to 60s, Americans had a certain accent that, like, we don't have nowadays. And whenever I watch old movies, especially in this movie, I definitely heard, like, this, like, it's not a twang, but it was, like, a, a, oh. a like an American accent that, like, we don't have anymore. No. Um, that accent didn't? never existed. So, it, yeah, back in, like, the golden age era of uh, movies, so to speak, or the silver, or whatever they call them, they had a. It's an artificial accent called the transatlantic accent, and it's a combination between British English and American English, where it has the roundness and kind of, I guess, to our ears, almost sophistication of high British English, like the Queen's English, along with the crispness of American English that you have especially like around great lakes region you know what the um news anchors how they'll speak Mm -hmm. and it was taught to 
movie stars and movie actors at huh. that time period. So it's a very specific accent. Um, you can learn it, but it doesn't actually exist. So like all the Americans talk like um, us and not like how they said, okay, because I'm just like, yeah. how did we lose this accent? I don't and, understand. Uh, and <laughs> Audrey... And Audrey's tra- uh, accent also has a yeah, because of that's French like her to it yeah. as well. But that's because she was, she was from she was, I think originally from Belgium, studying in England, and then she lived in Holland for a good portion of the war as well. Um, but yeah, her accent is got a hint of that European, that French in there, which makes it sound even mm-hmm. more. Yeah, you know, unique. Uh, but the accent was it's they all use the transatlantic accent. Every movie from that time period. Okay, you so at least now it. I'm not crazy thinking that we <laughs> we just changed no. dialects all of a sudden. You're not like, crazy oh, okay. at all. But <laughs> but basically the um ending, like she got arrested and um then they got in that argument in the like taxi. I feel like uh, just. How Lena said in the beginning of the podcast, she did not like the taxi scene. And I feel like she just, she runs her mouth sometimes. And it's to the point where I'm just like, you you wouldn't have so many problems. And you could have a good life if you just shut your mouth. <laughs> At least that's how I feel. It, it's, I think it's sort of hit on. And during that scene, Paul hit it on mm-hmm. how scared Holly was. Of letting anybody into her life. Because, I mean, you got the feeling that doc used her you know you got the feeling that she let men in to a certain degree and she knew she was being used because she also used Mm -hmm. them for money Mm -hmm. but she really didn't let anyone until paul really into her life other than her brother oh we forgot about her brother it was one of those where he hit on that scene what i hated about that scene was the fact that she just threw her cat out into the street. Why? In and then the she rain. goes and tries to find him screaming cat and crying. Like, and I I was so... And, like, the fact that she actually went... Like, she realized after Paul yelled at her, essentially, and pointed out that she never let anybody in and that she's scared. And she realized and she made the decision to make that leap of faith with him. And went after him and went after Kat. I felt like that redeemed her to me anyway. But I was so upset. And I don't know if it's because I have cats. And I could never imagine right. just yeah. throwing them out in the middle of well, the well, remember, she like- said that there was, there was one line that she kept repeating over and over again. And I don't have it for verbatim because I didn't write it down in my notes. But she basically called Kat and her a couple of nobodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she we're a couple of homeless slobs. We don't belong to anyone and no one belongs to us. Yeah. Not even each other. There we go. Le- Lena coming in with the, the official quote. Yay. <laughs> I, 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 that line struck out to me because it, it stuck out because it was one of those lines where you sort of it hits on a character in terms of how they view themselves and then the fact that she went after Kat to me was 
her deciding that no, in fact, Kat does belong to her and keep and she to him. Yeah. And maybe Paul's a part of that mix. Now I'm glad too. you touched upon that um, because at one of my last comments in my notes was like I, I was thinking about it and I couldn't quite put my finger on what like the symbolism of finding cat at the end was. Mm-hmm. So that that's what it felt like to me was her taking that chance and belonging to someone and someone to her. And it, at the end of the movie, obviously with the ending kissing scene, it wasn't just cat. It was Paul as well. And that's a part of their own little world. But um I, I know the cat was not I happy just... <laughs> being soaking wet and being then squished between t- these two humans. He just wanted his organic I, food. I feel like you guys kind of like the ending. Like, my last comment in my notes was the ending was kind of trash. I don't know. I just felt like it was maybe because I just the movie was okay and I didn't really like I did not like it, but I didn't like it like it. So I just felt like the movie, the ending of the movie was just, I don't know. It was just, just, you know, like it was there. And it was like, here you go. Here's the ending. Enjoy. And that was. It redeemed her uh, in my I don't know. I kind of, I feel like it for me, it would have, I would have liked it maybe slightly different ending. I I don't know. I I feel like for me, the ending was also along the lines of meh. Like it was just like, it was there. Um, But something I didn't really enjoy about the ending was his basic his endings Paul's ending rant or speech to Holly like I was like get it yes <laughs> say more <Yes>. do it <laughs> like you've been saying everything that I want, I want told to her this entire movie right and so for me I really like the speech and but but yeah like the ending I don't I don't know I had I had questions about the ending and like for myself like how I felt about it wrapping up the way it did and like what I would have wanted differently. It was, it was an ending. It wasn't my favorite movie ending ever, but it was, it was an ending. See, I feel like I would have enjoyed rather them going their separate ways and then her getting sent a book of the, you know how he's writing about her. I feel like that would have been more of a better ending where this would have been their last conversation. They would have split ways. And like a year later he would send her a copy of his novel and then she would sit down and read it and that would be like the end of the book I mean the end of the movie like I feel like that would have been such a better ending at least for me like just to have he that kind of, he kind of though I felt like he kind of had finished his book though but he didn't give it to her going... and I feel like like the ending wise like I feel like that would have been a better ending where they didn't end up together and I feel like it just would have been kind of bittersweet to see her still living the life that she is and him moving on and becoming the writer that he wants to be. And like, this would have been his gift to her basically that like here, I I, I made something of myself and you can too. I think it would have been that ending would have been perfect. If the book he was writing throughout the movie was a different one to get his name out there. And then towards the end, he starts writing the book based on her. And then he finishes it a year later after their last conversation and then mails it to her. And then like, she's reading it, you know, Mm -hmm. his thoughts. If it was that way. And it was like, she, we, I knew that she had not read the book before. I think it, 
your ending would have given it like a um, more meaning yeah because sometimes i just don't want to romance all the way and i just I, I feel like how the theme of the movie was i felt like the happy ending for both of them kind of just kind of felt off to me i don't know so that's why i was just like it's not a bad ending but like i just felt like the theme of the movie would have been a I little bit just, i felt like there could have been more problems to come after that yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just glad the cat was rescued. Yes. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know the cat's the name cat. is actually Putney? That was his name. His actual name was Putney. It's such a Putney. weird name. It popped up when I was watching the movie because I was watching it on Amazon and they give you fun facts. And I was like, oh, his name's Putney. <laughs> okay, thank you for letting me know that. But yeah, so any any fun facts for us since I gave you a small one? Seeing as you started off with that fun fact... <laughs> Actually, it's not actually entirely true. Oh, really? Um, here's why. Let me. I'm pulling up my my fun Amazon facts real quick. lied to me. Okay, I need to send so, them a. So, you know, you could have watched on YouTube <laughs> and the movie's free it was? on YouTube. It showed me three ninety nine. Yes, it's free on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube it says three ninety nine. What? Yeah, I don't know. I have YouTube Red. Oh, because you have Red. YouTube Red. That's um, why. So oh, yeah, it, yeah, free, yeah. Oh, if you're subscribed. It's freaking well, free on YouTube and I paid money for it. No, it was free on Amazon too. Never mind. <laughs> Amazon was free. I didn't pay for it. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, okay. So fun fact number one, because I actually have seven, but they're kind of short. Um, so there were... Maybe one of those cats was named Putney, oh. but there were actually nine cats used throughout the film as the role of cats. Oh. Wow. How did they get him to actually do everything that was supposed to be <laughs> That's done? probably because there were nine well, of them. Well, half of them and, like, <laughs> thrown around, so no <laughs> wonder they had nine. <laughs> like, nine lives, right? So every time yeah, nine cat cats, died nine lives. from being tossed at a window, <laughs> like, they needed a new one out of the cab <laughs> poor cat or getting soaked yep. over there but yeah no i thought that was interesting i was like oh so they basically just like trained a different cat for each scene yes <laughs> or whatever they needed them to do i mean i can see that you know cats are kind of notoriously finicky where the one time they'll do a trick for you and never yep. again yeah <laughs> well fun fact number two i know we kind of touched upon it so Audrey Hepburn, when playing the role of Holly, go lightly, was 31 years old when playing Holly. Oh. Um, and Holly, as we stated earlier, is supposed to be 19 years old when she first meets Paul. Damn. So <laughs> she 11 years older than her, her role. But that I don't feel like that's um, far-fetched for the film industry. Yeah. They usually pick. Older. older people to play younger roles which is why all those high schoolers <laughs> in movies seem to be like mid to late 20s <laughs> yeah exactly and you're just like no high school they like are. This. Yeah. <laughs> i look so derpy i wish i could look i had looked like that yep. as a high schooler nope. did not no it probably would have been less traumatizing if i did <laughs> yes <laughs> and that's why all everyone's always like oh man those college kids look the best but um Fun fact number three. So Audrey Hepburn's salary for the film was $750,000, making her the highest paid actress per film at the time. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, she was actually the first actress to hit a million, too. 
Um, we already touched upon this fun fact that um, Holly wears the same dresses all the way through the movie, simply changing the accessories to give each outfit a new look. And her black shift dress is featured in the movie at least four times. Can I just say, though, I never, until you pointed that out, never realized that... It was the same? It was the same outfits and the accessories were changed. It literally looked like a complete yeah. dress change every single time. Yeah, they and did I a good job. I, it makes me it. feel a little bit better. Uh, this is fun fact number five? Number five. Um, so we touched upon earlier Moon River. Audrey Hepburn supposedly exclaimed over my dead body when it was suggested that Moon River be removed from the film. Seems like she really uh, takes pride in making sure that she's the one singing and like that her singing is included from like other movies that we've watched so far. Um, but there's an alternative recollection of this event on the DVD of Breakfast at Tiffany's Anniversary Edition. Co-producer Richard Shepard says in his commentary that after a premiere in San Francisco, Paramount's head of production desired to have Moon River removed from the film, but co-producer Martin Juro and I both said over our dead bodies. So it was very, like, the people in charge of making this movie were very, like, it needs to be in the movie. How dare you take it out? I was just, like, shocked because I was like, I didn't. I didn't think it was that great. Yeah. It was good, but it wasn't that great. Yeah, it is. And I was like, oh, okay. What's well, next fun step? fact number six. And then I have one more after, which would be number seven. So um, obviously it's even in the title, Tiffany's, uh, which only, it, it didn't have as many scenes as I was expecting it would have in this movie. It was referred to a little bit, but it just, uh, well, it's breakfast at Tiffany's, so I thought that it would be more prominent in the movie. However, Tiffany's opened its doors on Sunday for the first time since the 19th century so that filming could take place inside the store. Yeah. I, so they specifically opened up for the filming of the movie. Yeah, I saw that fact as well. Our last fun fact um, is that for the scene, okay, so the party scene. For the scene in which Holly throws a wild party in her apartment, Blake Edwards wanted to capture the freewheeling lifestyle of Holly and her New York friends using an intricate series of visual gags. Like you might remember where like the hat caught on fire mm-hmm. and then they actually spilled their drink on the hat, which put it out, etc. It was just like this like Rube Goldberg of just things that just kept happening. Yeah. Um, but Edwards ordered up cases of real champagne and let um, the actors drink it allowing them to contribute their ideas of outrageous behavior for the party. So he got them drunk for real and was like, hey, yeah, have he got a them drunk for real and was like, what should we do? <laughs> All right. That's- and they actually like actually had a party and then based the based the movie party on their party. I like it. Let's go. Method acting. I like it. All right, it. you want to do the the ratings then? Um Chantel, you go first. I want to see what you think for the movie that you picked. Okay. So usually, usually I rate, I have in the past for our podcast, rated Audrey Hepburn movies high. This one, it was okay for me. I liked it. It was, Audrey was shown in a different light. I think she did a good job with what she was given. 
Um, but it wasn't on my top end. I gave it a six out of 10. Okay. How about you, Lena? I, I mean, this is a movie Chris would have fallen asleep completely fallen asleep <laughs> through. Yeah. 120%. The only reason he didn't was because he was faceting. <laughs> um, I personally liked the movie. I was like a seven for it. I thought it was, I, I didn't think it was a movie to take very seriously. Um, but I thought it was a nice movie to enjoy on like a rainy Sunday afternoon yeah. kind of thing. No, I, um, I definitely, I didn't understand the hype for the movie, but I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. It's definitely a movie like to watch for one, like one time and be like, yeah, I watched it once. But I definitely don't understand the hype that this movie gets. I don't. I feel like it's a little bit overhyped. So for me, I actually gave it a five. So we actually went five, six, seven. So I thought that was a little funny. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of like in the middle. It's like it's not bad, but it's not like my favorite Audrey Hepburn movie that I've ever watched. So it's like a solid right in the middle for me where I'm like neutral territory for it. Yeah, I, I, See, I think my favorite movie that she was in was oh yes like that dress scene with the red dress and then she's like oh the beautiful Mm -hmm. mine's actually roman holiday and i've never seen that okay i've never seen either Um, of those movies that you've mentioned but i loved her in funny face i thought she was fantastic and i loved the dancing and the reverence she had in that movie it was all right chantelle give us the classic definition all right, this is the time in the podcast where we decide, is this movie a classic or is it not? <laughs> so uh, based on the following criteria, is this movie considered a classic, Breakfast at Tiffany's? Based on acting, music, dialogue, attention to historical details, costuming, and scenery. I think it's a classic. I might not like the movie, like, I mean, I, I like it, but I'm not like, oh, my God, this is the best movie ever. But I definitely think with all that, it, it's a classic. It's There's a reason why everyone always talks about this movie. So I think we all kind of agree that it's a classic. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, in my personal opinion, I think it's kind of like a, a cult classic. I think that they did a very good job with um, making the, the music, um, the soundtrack for the movie kind of flow um the i mean i i didn't get as much of specifically like attention to historical details um but i felt like the costuming and the scenery and everything flowed very nicely together and it's like you said it's it's hyped for a reason like yeah (laughs) it's 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 a it's a good movie um would I watch it again a million times? Probably not, but I'm sure that I'll watch it again at least once or twice in my lifetime. Nope. I agree. I definitely think it's squarely a classic based off of that definition. I mean, it took a story that when you really like take out all of the glamour from the costuming and the acting, it's a pretty great story that it told, you know, especially for that mm-hmm. time period. And the costuming, I mean, Givenchy, Edith Head, you you cannot yes. beat it. <laughs> um, so I definitely think it would be a classic. I do what I throw a Breakfast at Tiffany's style party. 
maybe I'll if I substitute the dangers yes. for croissants, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I def- I think it's one of those where I rewatch it again, maybe not anytime soon. But I, I would definitely consider it a yeah. classic. I definitely think that on, on the basis of your comment for if you're going to theme a party around Breakfast at Tiffany's, I think that the the Chantel prior to watching this movie would have done it like I, as Pinterest worthy as I could <laughs> with, with all the blue and the pearls <laughs> and, and all of that. And now that I've watched the movie, I... I don't know. I can't. I can't look at that theme the same way again. Yeah. Like it's not. It's gonna bug like me for the rest if, of my life. Since we've but... watched this movie, if we ever throw a breakfast at Tiffany's party, it has to be her apartment party. That is a true Ooh, yeah. breakfast yeah. at Tiffany's yes. movie esque party. That is what it is. Not this bowl where everyone wears black and puts pearls on, and we have blue like everything. No, that's not. That's like if you've never watched the movie. That's your breakfast at Tiffany's. But if you watch the movie, breakfast at Tiffany's party means her apartment party. And that's what we would do. And a ton yes. of alcohol. That's a breakfast and at tons Tiffany's. Of alcohol. Exactly. <laughs> you I mean, they ran out in the movie, they ran out of alcohol halfway through the party. And then what was it she said? Like all oh, reinforcements or something like that. Cause they brought another king Yeah, <laughs> And he was just like wanting to get paid and they're like, here's more alcohol for you. <laughs> so yeah, but no, yeah, you get paid in alcohol and and drinks. All right. So next week is my movie, correct, guys? All right. So next week's movie okay. is Summer Magic. It is a nineteen sixty three movie. So hopefully, um, it's gonna be good. All right, then. So that was the podcast today, guys. Um, I will see you next Sunday. So bye bye. 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 Hey guys, thank you for listening to the episode. I just wanted to remind you guys that we post every Sunday. So I hope to see you guys next weekend. Thank you. Bye.